Welcome to this month's episode, Passport to Solo Travel, favourite term. And we have with us Aubrey from The Love Assembly, travel photographer, blogger, influencer, most recently an author, woman of many talents. And Aubrey, you've just moved to London from Sydney. Yes, Tell me about from yourself. Sydney, Australia. Hello, um, I'm Aubrey from The Love Assembly and I guess I'll start with saying that it's nice to be here in London. I love the cold. Um, different. <laughs> really? <laughs> different from what I've been used to, I guess, with the Australian weather. But I am loving it so far. I'm in East London and really looking forward to all of the international travel, solo travel here. Partly. Some of all of it, right? <laughs> yeah. So you are, when we first met, you are an expert on solo travel or it's something that you know a lot about. I guess I could say that I've experienced it quite a fair bit and different, I guess, different aspects of it, whether it's for work or whether it's purely just for myself um, or whether it's going to another destination solo and actually meeting someone there Mm -hmm. um, to connect with. So I guess you could say that. Fine. (laughs) I personally don't like the term solo travel. Yes, I know. It just, it's got a certain <laughs> connotation to it. What's your take on that? I don't mind it. I think the term is, it just speaks for itself, but we could probably say me time somewhere else. That's a better way of calling yeah. it. Yeah. Me time. I haven't thought of another replacement yet. Yeah. But that's something to work on. Tell me about your first ever solo holiday. My first ever solo holiday. Oh gosh, I can't remember when this actually began because I have been photographing and traveling solo for quite some time for my work Mm -hmm. that has stemmed from my blog and whether that's shooting for tourism boards, hotels or with other brands, it's always been encompassed around that. But if I was to say my first solo holiday holiday, it would be in 2016. Um, it was when I had a job to Brazil and after having a three day long trip there, I thought, okay, I'm going to do the rest of South America solo. Amazing. It was an incredible trip. I think it all sort of lined up because I was, I recently broke up with my boyfriend, <laughs> then boyfriend. Eat, pray, love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, uh, my lease was up when I was living in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I had a job to go to Brazil for three days. And if you're flying all the way from Australia to Brazil for fr- three days, I was thinking, what the hell? You have I'm, to make the most of yeah. it. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to extend that trip. And I had always wanted to travel solo for at least three months to a destination where I knew no one and English wasn't the first language. So I guess you could say that that was my first solo holiday and I went to Peru, Colombia, Chile and Brazil, which was incredible. Was it daunting? Was it was it daunting. Yes, definitely Cha- what, daunting. What were the challenges you faced, if any? Definitely daunting. Um, I was scared. I don't know if I can swear on this, but... You can swear. Shitless. <laughs> Go wild. I was so scared, but... I guess it was one of those things that I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And when I set myself out to do something, it's I'm all in it or nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what I got out of it the most was it was the most transformative months of myself, creating myself, learning about myself, learning about the world too, um, and learning a new language. So it was incredible to learn all those things, but then 
also make new friends and new relationships around the world, in South America at least, and um, accomplish that sort of dream or bucket list thing of travelling solo for three months and not knowing anyone and not speaking the language. So definitely empowering. So that's one of my questions actually for later, but it's good that you brought it up now. How do you meet people when travelling alone if you actually want to meet people? (laughs) If you actually want to meet people on the road, I think... Yeah, it stems from that. It it could really be your type of accommodation. I think it starts with that because if you're staying in a hotel as opposed to, say, a boutique hostel, it would be harder to meet someone in that type of accommodation. So really picking and choosing with that. And then I think when it comes to outside of your accommodation, it's really the kind of activities that you want to do. So whether that's the walking tours or just tours in general to see different places, different classes that you enroll to or even volunteering in different aspects. Um, there's a f- yeah, there's a there's quite a few different places and, methods and different methods in There must be groups people. as well, solo travel groups. I've never done I've one never of those done or joined Facebook yeah. groups, all of this kind of stuff. I don't know how effective they are I'm not too sure either I haven't done one of those but I have connected with other females online and had that sort of online relationship before meeting in real life which Mm -hmm. is always nice Um, but never really those groups I think um, I really like meeting people that are local there so um, it's always good to go Either to a lot of the people that I've met have been in cafes because I had been working on my laptop and then they're oh, doing nice. similar okay. things. I was so. wondering, how do you meet yeah. someone local? Then you'll yeah. go to their local restaurant. Or yes. It's so much more interactive and interesting than otherwise. Yeah, and I've met like local chefs and like musicians and and it's cool to get, to sort of get that perspective on their life living there. And what's your take on planning in advance compared to spontaneity? I wonder from a safety from a safety point of, point of view. view. Or any point of view, yeah. really. But just winging it, landing, you know, I'm not sure how it would be compared to going to Paris or Peru or India or Spain. You know, th- there's a difference in cultures and so many things mm, to take into account. Definitely. Um, I guess from the trip that I did to South America, I can't really say that I was that safe. <laughs> Okay. Because I literally went there from 2016 to about 2018. A lot of my travel had been planned for, it had been for jobs. And so I'm not complaining that, you know, I'd be on these incredible experiences and be um, looked after really, really well. But I felt, I mean, we spoke about this before. I felt like I was missing that true sense of travel, that concept of being spontaneous and doing things and letting the magic of travel happen. And so from, yeah, from 2016, 2018, a lot of that was planned in advance because it was for work. But I learned to book at the back end of whatever my trip was to let it just flow, whatever happened and not really have any plans, but a couple of things that I wanted to see and do. I love the thought of being spontaneous on a trip. I definitely make room for that in my itineraries um, now. I love just having a couple of things on my itinerary to do, but always be flexible in that. And then let things just flow because I think that's, that's the beauty of solo travel even. What factors do you think are important to consider when you're choosing that destination? 
I think it definitely starts with you. So knowing what you want to achieve from that solo trip, whether it's learning a new language or volunteering or like I did in South America, I just wanted to learn Spanish and dance. And so that's all that I did. Um, Sounds like my goal for my entire life. So that's all that I did on my solo trip. And I feel that if you know that and you start with that, then you'll be able to plan um, a destination that caters to that and what Brilliant. you want to achieve. So what your goal is, yoga retreats or yeah. cooking or reading or learning, or you know, yes, whatever that is, that's great. Definitely. Is there any advice you would give to someone who's traveling by themselves for the first time? Oh, I get this question a lot, actually, advice or tips on taking their first solo trip. Mm-hmm. And I think people or females in general are really scared. So the number one tip I always give them is to download Google Maps offline. (laughs) It's very practical. Yes, that makes sense. Because you are able to access that destination without Wi-Fi. So it allows you to wander around and like get lost. And I say that with quotation marks because, mm. you know, you, you want to wander around and get lost, but then it gives you peace of mind. That to you be can able find to, your way back. Yeah, that you can find your way back <laughs> and you're able to... The breadcrumbs won't be there still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the number one, I guess, practical tip. Um, but then in terms of um, like navigating through a city and meeting people and all that sort of thing, I always just say to have your guard up, but then allow for things to happen and really get in touch with your intuition because that's some kind of superpower, I Absolutely. find. Absolutely. Yeah. Dare I ask about apps? Because I think there is a beauty in just discovering. Mm-hmm. But are there any apps that you think are particularly useful? Yes. Um, I think Google in general, mm-hmm. Google Maps, because that also has Google Translate. And so I'm not too sure if you've tried it, but... Um, when you have a particular, I guess, phrase that is written down, there's the feature that allows you to focus your camera onto it and then it translates it into English or whatever. So you don't actually have to say it. Yeah, you could take a photo of it and it just has to line up and it, yeah, it translates (laughs) to whatever language, yeah. So it's really handy. There was something I got sent the other week, which I thought was so clever, and I haven't tried it yet, but it was this little gadget that when you speak into it, it automatically translates into the native language. I don't think it does all of them, but there's a good amount that that it does. And that's... That's really handy. I think Immediate I translation the that's commercial phenomenal. or something like the ad or something for that because then it showed like a romantic relationship and they had been... Um, <laughs> with no language yeah. barriers. <laughs> yeah, with no language barriers and then they were able to communicate just Through flowingly. an app. Oh yeah. gosh. I thought Tinder was bad, but that's even worse. Yeah, that's probably even worse. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, why do you think solo travel is on the rise? I think it's on the rise now because... Previously, the number one barrier would be fear, fear of the unknown, not knowing, you know, what's going to lie ahead, where you're going to go and and maps that were a lot more physical than what we have now. But I think it's on the rise because it's more accessible than ever because of social media and mm-hmm. because of all of this information that we have on the Internet. So it allows whoever or the individual or where they want to go access to this information of, okay, these are the top spots to go. These are, um, this is how I can get there. And it decreases that fear. And then it also allows us to connect with other people across the world and 
be able to travel solo and do the things that we want to do, but know that we can have company there if we want it or not. So yeah. it's easier, safer, easier, less safer. risky. Yeah. When you do search for solo travel, when you Google it, it always comes up with tips for solo female travelers. I've never searched it and it comes up tips for male solo travelers. Mm, that's interesting. Why is that? Why? Yes. Is it because men are less fearful is it because more women are doing it that's is it because they I, I don't know but it bothers me <laughs> it's yeah, weird that's a funny thing because I had always thought that as well I had always thought okay females were the only ones who are scared to travel solo and then I spoke to a couple of my friends like who were guys and they had been so fearful of the act as well and I was really surprised because really? yeah I was like oh so you're really scared to do that too and you're not a female, you're a male. So that was really, really interesting to me. And that to find out that, yeah, when you search solo travel, the tips for females come up. I think it's a number one question um, for females in general, because you hear, I definitely knew from the beginning that I would hear all of these stories about when you travel solo as a female, you're going to go out, you're going to learn about yourself, you're going to find Self discovery. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, okay, I want to learn all about these tips. But when I was on the trip, I was like, hell no, I'm not finding myself. I'm actually creating myself. That's and really lovely. Knowing more about myself. And so I find those kinds of tips are were really helpful for me. But at the same time, when I actually went on the trip, I was like, I completely disagree. We need to create ourselves. And it's empowering, I think. So I'm not too sure why it comes up with tips in general, but... Um, I think it comes really handy because I guess as females, we're always curious about how can I do something better if yes. I'm going to, you know, end so up on that journey. Self-improvement more than discovering yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Learning. Yeah, that's lovely. It's a lovely way of looking at it and it makes mm -hmm. so much sense. Mm -hmm. When you do travel by yourself, do you find yourself overcompensating by being on your phone? If you're <laughs> sat by yourself at a, at a coffee shop or, you know, something like that? Yeah, I think um, at first when I started my travel photography and blog journey, I was on my phone quite a bit and that's because I wanted it to be my life. I wanted to travel for my job. I wanted it to be incorporated completely and fully um, and so I was always on my phone. I was always taking photos. I think now that I've gotten used to it, um, it makes it easier and quicker for me to be able to say, okay, these are the shots that I want if I'm on a job and it's quicker for me to do it and uh, accomplish those sorts of things and then allows me to fully be in the present and know what's going on and appreciate what's going on. Um, to be honest, I'm not on my phone that much. I have all notifications switched off um, and I have certain blocks in times if I'm away on a trip to answer emails and that sort of thing. But if anything, I'm, I think I'm more behind my camera than mm. my phone just because imagery and that visual sort of stimulation is more attractive to me. And, um, and, and then everyone now, I mean, that's, yeah. it's all photography. Yeah, yeah. So that leads me to my next question. What do you use to document your experiences? I imagine photography is the main part of it. Mm -hmm. So my camera, definitely. Um, I do have my phone to document as well. Um, that's when I don't want to bring out my camera. And then I have a journal to write down things and put in Polaroids and um, and train tickets and all those kind of knickknacks and oh, memories. Lovely. Yeah. Are there any highs and we know about the highs, but lows of traveling by yourself? Yeah. So the highs definitely 
doing whatever you want, mm -hmm. <laughs> whether that's eating. On your own schedule. On your own schedule, Brilliant. flexibility of all that sort of stuff. Um, definitely that sense of independence and being able to test yourself to get out of your comfort zone. Um, I think the lows of travel, solo travel can be not sharing these amazing experiences with someone, someone that you love or care about or someone that you meet along the road. Um, I think sharing experiences can be a really great thing to bring people closer together and you can kind of look back and be like, oh, remember that time, you know, we yeah, were here and did that and did this. It was so much fun. Um, so that's definitely a low. And then I guess it comes back to the safety as well if you're a female solo traveller, um, having a male there or someone to kind of back you up um, is always handy to have that. The safety element. Yeah, the safety element. So this time last year, was it, you were ready to launch your book, Wonder Love, which is all about inspiration and tips for a solo traveller. Yes. Tell me all about it. How, where did it come from? How did it start? What's the journey been like? Yeah, so I guess the journey of Wonder Love really came from my time on the road, travel blogging, doing photography. Um, I was approached by my publisher to create a book about travel photography. And because I had so many things to say and because I had learnt so many things on the road, I pitched back and was like, I have so many things to say. I need to write all of these words down and include it in the book so that it's not just photos, but there's actual substance behind it as well that females can take away these tips, um, whether that be uh, style on the road or how to pack properly or how to get these travel photos that I talk about here um, if you're traveling solo. And I really, I guess, outlined the chapters how you would naturally get to know someone. So naturally in layers, right? You kind of, you're introduced to someone and you're like, hi, my name is Aubrey. I run, um, you know, the travel blog, The Love Assembly, and I'm also a travel photographer. So it starts off with that, with an introduction to this wonderful world of The Love Assembly that I've created. And then it goes in deeper and deeper, whether that be how to pack um, the travel guides and then eventually leading up to the travel philosophies and lessons that I've learnt on the road. So as you progress further into the book, it's lighthearted and then it gets deeper as you get to chapter eight. And then with my acknowledgements, I've made sure to include 25 different ways um, in different languages to say thank you. Super. Yes, because I think it's a, a most important thing when you're traveling to learn how to say thank you on the road. Absolutely. So, it makes people yeah. so happy when you make yeah. an effort in their language. Yes, definitely. So a lot of it is the writing as well, but it's photography. Yes. So where from your experiences documented in your book would be your favorite places that you photographed? Oh, I think a lot of the places are very visually pleasing. Mm -hmm. I've just opened up here and this is poolside breakfast in my Moroccan Riyadh. Oh gosh, I love that. That's beautiful. Everyone's yeah. going to have to get this book and take a look. Page 206. <laughs> it's a double page feature on a Riyadh I was staying in Marrakesh and it's just taken from the top view. And it's beautiful because no one was really staying in the hotel or in the Riyadh. Riyadh, I mean, it's a smaller number of rooms. It's usually yeah. less than 10 or 15 or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um, we had breakfast by the pool. Beautiful. Um, just this is uh, like I think 8 a.m. in the morning and so the sun was shining quite a bit but once it gets to the afternoon in the summer it just gets really really hot so um is this you in the picture yes that's me so, so who took the, the picture 
so from the top I had the tripod um, from the balcony and okay. then you can connect it onto your phone. Well, my, my camera does that where you can connect the Wi-Fi and then you can control it from your iPhone. That's quite a production. Yeah, but it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very easy. So what kind of equipment do you use? Okay, so I have that in here as well. Uh, I forgot what page it's in, but it's in the... Um, I don't know it off by heart. It's in the, in the essentials. <laughs> I think it's chapter two. Great. <laughs> but it's... Okay, so a couple of things that you definitely need is a tripod, um, a camera that has Wi-Fi connection, mm. and then it allows you connect to your smartphone, which is my iPhone, and... That's pretty much it. That's great. Three and you things. just have to trust the lighting. That's not bad. And it's yeah, relatively to easy to commute. You have to, yeah, pick and choose uh, the time and day you're going to take it. But, um, yeah, you hook, your, you hook up your camera to the tripod, set it up. For me, I'm, I'm a photographer, so I can visually see how I want things to be placed. Um, and so set that up and then connect it to, through Wi-Fi to your iPhone. And then you can see how it actually looks like. And then control it from your iPhone as well. So that's, that's great. how I've been taking my solo travel photos. If I'm not with someone or if I haven't had success in asking someone to take the photo for mm-hmm. me. So, yeah. And you can see the picture from your phone then. Yep. But you have to keep running up. So if that was on the terrace. You have to keep running up and come down and cut, go up. Yeah. It's that, manageable. That's, that's a lot more manageable than I think running up and down. Because if you have your phone with you and the camera on the tripod is away from you, then you're able to see what's going on and, you know, choose your different angles and be able to just snap it right then and there when you're posing. Is there somewhere that is on your bucket list to visit? this year or in the future? Definitely. Um, I think now that I have London as my base, Europe, more of Europe is on my bucket list. I specifically want to visit more of the Nordic regions, so Norway, Iceland, um, Faroe Islands. So wonderful for pictures. Just so wonderful, the nature, and it's incredible. Um, And then... I also have Turkey on my bucket list, so Cappadocia. Yes. The hot air balloons. All those hot air balloons, <gasps> that picture. <laughs> yes. Oh, so surreal. It's like another world. I wonder what else there is except hot air balloons because yeah. those are the only pictures I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but That's it looks true. magical, not, yeah. It looks very magical. And I don't even mind not going in the hot air balloon. Like just seeing that sight from afar, like from a rooftop would mm. be beautiful. Absolutely. And what has been your favourite destination that you visited so far? That has been... That's a very difficult question. Top three. <laughs> Top three. It's a tough places. one. Okay, I think definitely my time in South America mm-hmm. because those were the travels that I did that were very unplanned and very spontaneous. Um, Peru and Colombia, so distinct, but I, okay, so I arrived in Peru, I had no plans at all not even accommodation. And looking back now, I find that that was a very stressful time because I landed and I was like, oh my God, I have no idea where I'm staying. And it was 10 p.m. at night. That's ballsy. It's very gutsy. (laughs) But I got through it. And I figured at that point, I was like, okay, I'm never doing that again because that was very, very stressful. But at least I got to experience how that felt like. I learned a lot about myself. I I learned a lot about another language. I met friends there that... Um, you know, were 
in a band and just hung out with them in the local scene for like different hotel openings and got to, I guess, experience more of the local culture than in any other place that I had travelled to because of those friends that I met. Um, it'd be to the point where, you know, I was over their houses for dinners that they would have with their other friends and they all spoke Spanish. And there's this there's this thing that happens after dinner that's called um, sobremesa. And so it's when you talk um, amongst each other on the table after the meal. And okay. it's, it's like it lasts for about like an hour or more. And I only really started to learn Spanish, so I didn't understand everything. But people were just speaking in Spanish and yeah. I was just picking things up because... What a great way to learn, it was, though. Yeah, it was one of those things that just gave my brain stimulation because I had... I'm Filipino mm -hmm. and our language like, is Tagalog, but we are a colony of Spain. So a lot okay. of the words are quite similar. Interesting. And so when I would hear these words come up during Sobremes, I'd be like, oh, they're talking about this, this, <laughs> this, this. Yeah. So it was a really good experience. And then... Going over to Colombia, it was hot and I had all of these things um, that I had packed and accumulated from Peru because it was really cold over there and I kind of had to get rid of a lot of things because it was stinking hot there. I would shower like twice a day because it was just very, very hot but it was that kind of tropical weather. I was just dancing and it was fun. Just a living lot, lot and free fun. and enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Those kinds of trips I think are always nice. It's amazing you were and saying memorable. about the, the language. Sorry? And memorable, I find. Memorable, yeah. absolutely. You were saying about the language that Filipino and you're in Peru and it doesn't matter where you are, you'll have those similarities and you'll pick it up and you'll always land on your feet. Yeah, and figure I it hope. out some way, yeah. somehow. <laughs> I have one final question. Yes. If there's one thing that solo travelers taught you, what would that be? I think if it's one thing that solo travel has taught me, it would be my heightened self-awareness. I think self-awareness is such an important thing for any individual and when you know yourself and you can wholeheartedly stand, you know, independently and strongly, then it's just empowering and a wonderful thing to have and to learn about yourself. So definitely that. That's invaluable. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. That was really interesting and I hope everyone's inspired to create themselves even mm -hmm. more. We do have one more thing. Yes. <laughs> it's the quick fire round. Quick fire. So I'm just going to give you a list of things and just pick one. Yep. First thing that comes to your mind. Yeah. Short haul or long haul? Short haul. Spontaneous or planned? Spontaneous. I think I could have guessed that yes. one for you as well. <laughs> cabin luggage or checked in luggage? Oh, cabin. City or country? Break. City. Pool or sea? Sea. Hotel or apartment? Hotel. Luxury or humble? Humble. Oh. Music or reading? Music. Starter or dessert? Dessert, for sure. 100%. <laughs> Magazine or novel? Novel. Solo or group? Solo. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> has to be after this chat. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> Iceland or Norway? Norway. Colombia or Brazil? Colombia. Mexico or Cuba? I haven't been to Cuba, so Mexico. Japan or China? Japan. Qatar or Dubai? Dubai. England or Australia? Oh. 
Ooh. Well, now that I'm here, England. <laughs> Loyalty, I like that. Yeah. Instagram or Pinterest? That's a hard one. Okay, Pinterest for inspiration, Instagram for connection. I'm letting you cheat on that one. <laughs> blogging or vlogging? Blogging. Although I have kind of gotten, taken the liking to vlogging. Yeah? Yeah. I think you do great on blogging. People would love watching you. <laughs> filter or no filter? No filter. Memories documented or saved in your mind? Memories documented. Behind or in front of the camera? Both. That's oh. tricky. That's a tricky <laughs> one. Yeah, both. <laughs> we'll take it. Thank you so much, Aubrey. Thank you. Tell us, where can we find you and follow you on social media? Yeah, so um, my handles are at The Love Assembly and my blog is theloveassembly.com. Easy. Fantastic. And where can people buy your book? You can buy it in, it's stocked in Anthropology, Urban Outfitters, Foils, I believe, is bookstore here in um, the UK and um, all leading bookstores online. So Amazon, Book Depository. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Make sure to check into all of our other episodes if you love this one and I'm sure you're going to love the others. We will be giving away a special solo travel pack. So make sure you check into our Instagram at Citizen Femme and at the Love Assembly to be in for a chance to win. 